Amen. Uh, another just thank you and praise and celebration of our deacons and our elders and the affirmation that you all gave them last week. Uh, all were approved, so praise the Lord um, for their faithfulness, for their generosity. Also, just uh, so you know, we have obscenely, and I use that word intentionally, generous deacons. Um, we, they do not operate out of, this is how much money we have, cap it there. They operate out of what is the need the Lord will have enough for it. Um, and I love to be a part of a community that lives that way with money and to see their faithfulness, to see their faith that goes off and above and beyond what my faith is uh, and how that trickles down. Also want to celebrate Lisa Huber who sang with us this morning. She did amazing. Uh, she did not do it for you. She did it for the Lord. That is Karen's sister, her little sister. And I asked Karen earlier in the week, I said, Karen, do you want Lisa to lead any songs? And Karen took her big thumb and she said, no, I will lead all of the songs in that voice. But they did great together. Their voices are almost identical, so it's just like a beautiful doubling. Um, I want to preach sincerely to you this morning. I always try to. I want especially to this morning. We're reading from Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 14. This is the fourth and final Sunday of Advent. On Christmas Eve, we'll gather together and we'll light the Christ candle here in the middle. But we lit today the candle of peace, the candle of hope, the candle of joy, and then today we remember the candle of love, and we're going to talk a lot about love today, and we are also going to talk about trash. Say the word with me, trash. Say garbage. And other more fanciful words we have for these sorts of things. The problem that we're going to address today is that we... Love, remember this is the Love Sunday, love, say love with me, love, we love trash, say trash with me, yeah, we do, I'm looking at you, and you, and you, and you, and all of you, you love trash, I love trash, we love trash, let's read the word of the Lord from Philippians. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith, just like we talked about and just like we received when we came to the table a few moments ago. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do know. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal 
to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. I love to read the word twice. I'd love to read it four, five, six, seven times for you. I'm going to read it one more time. Let your ears soften to hear. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Consider them garbage. I've lost all things, but it does not matter. Consider them lost. Trash. What is trash? I've got a definition of trash for you. It might become relevant. It might not. Trash is this, if you want to slot it up there. It's something considered disposable for its loss and relevant value. Do you want me to switch mics? I can use a handheld, too, if that would be better. Yeah. hear me? There we are. Trash is something disposable, right? Or considered disposable for its loss and relevant value, right? You buy a big box of Keurig K-Cups. We all love coffee. It's very useful for storing those things because if you just try and stack them in your cupboard, they're going to fall all over the place. But pretty soon, you run out of K-Cups. That box, which was so useful just a few moments ago, now is just wasting space, right? Something considered disposable, break it down for its loss and relevant value. And the thing is, like I said before, we love this stuff. We love things that are disposable. We love things that we can throw away, that we can use, that we can get rid of. And the real nasty reality that is evidenced in this passage is that everything, apart from knowing Christ is disposable. Everything that you do will lose its relevant value. Jesus tells a parable, right? Someone in the crowd says to Jesus, he says, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man who appointed me judge or arbiter between you. And then he said to them, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. 
The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I'll store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. This man had extra. His good work, his good harvest, right, yielded good fruit. And he said to himself, I'll build a bigger storehouse. And then when his time came to pass, the storehouse stayed there. And there's a nuance here, right? Because we're not talking about sin when we talk about trash, when we talk about the things of this world. Paul, when he's talking about what he considered loss, was talking about the law of God, the righteousness that he labored for across the life, the recognition of a life of faithfulness that he had received, and he considered it garbage, trash. This man, he had a field. It produced really good fruit. It was fertile soil. Good stuff. This is good stuff. And yet, what happens to it if the treasure isn't kept in heavenly places with the Lord? It will become trash. It eventually will become disposable. Its relevant value will be negated by the passage of time or the cruelty of another or the cruelty of yourself, right? This is what we call in thermodynamics, I love to bring it up, entropy, right? Everything is going to break down, is going to fall, is going to die. There's a beautiful, beautiful, one of the greatest cinematic episodes in all of TV history of the show Futurama. Any any other Futurama lovers out there? And the people of Futurama like the not nearly as good movie Armageddon. They see this giant ball that's coming towards Earth. It's going to collide with it and destroy it. And upon further examination, they recognize that it's a giant ball of trash. This, uh, this, this future uh, version of humanity, right, had developed so much trash, right, but they'd actually learn how not to use trash anymore. They became a trashless society. Before then, they'd created so much trash, they decided to put it up Uh, put it together in a giant ball, kind of like a spit wad, right, and shoot it off into outer space. Um, Well, the randomness of gravity eventually flung it back towards the earth. And uh, Philip J. Fry, our pizza delivery boy and hero, uh, is the only one having traveled into the future who remembers what trash was. Kind of funny story. And so he teaches the mayor of all of earth how to make trash, And he, real quick, goes to the mayor's desk and he says, I've got the perfect idea. The only thing of equal weight and size to properly deflect this ball of trash is another ball of trash, right? And the mayor says, what's trash? And he says, I'll show you. (laughs) The mayor's like, what? (laughs) That's trash. (laughs) Anything can be trash? He's like, yeah, and the mayor takes something and throws it on the ground, and his face lights up with glee (laughs) as he creates trash for the first time in his life. Not recyclable, ew, gross, trash, yes. 
And they, as a human society, save the day by collectively agreeing to make as much trash as is possible, ball it up together in a giant spitwad, launch it off into space, and deflect the incoming trash comet away from Earth. Praise be to God for trash. <laughs> and I tell that story because, again, everything becomes trash, and we love trash. We love the process of having things and getting rid of them. It's part of kind of our nature, and yet... It's useless, right? It's really useless. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an obscuring of value. It, the, the episode of Futurama is so funny because you recognize that creating trash is it's dumb. <laughs> it's foolish. It's an exercise in futility. It's, and, and, and worse than that, it's an exercise in destruction, right? It's calling something valuable that is innately becoming valueless. I get a bunch of money, right? Apologies to anyone who's bought a new car recently, but don't buy new cars off the lot. They lose so much value right away, right? Buy something with equity, right, that gains value. Invest in the stock market, right? Invest in a home, something like that. Be responsible with your money. Long-term investment plans. Well, I hate to break it to you, too. The money that you invest in a house, in a stock market, in any of those sorts of things is trash, too. It's all trash, Jesus tells another parable of a son who has a home that he can live in where everything that he ever needs will be. And he cashes out a promise of future life and security and love and fellowship in order to go across the sea and squander it all until he's eating with pigs in the mud. And don't we love that mud? This is the gospel in the book of Philippians, at least a portion of it. We are invited in Jesus Christ to have, to receive, to be given something that not only has immeasurable increasing value, but something that has everlasting value. Do you know what that thing is? To know Christ and to be like Christ, to share in his life and to cast aside all of this heavyweight baggage garbage of the world, including, including, including your own righteousness that you've so, oh, put so much effort to build up. Get rid of it. Cast it aside. Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Paul was in prison during the book of Philippians when he was writing this. We love, if we can get our little graphic up, I love, love, love our Christmas graphic. Shout out to Clearwater Marketing and their team and all the hard work they've done. If we have the full graphic, it's a picture of two men in chains and just laughing and celebrating, right, their life in prison. Isn't that great? And so the cynical person could look at Paul and be like, well, yeah, you can consider everything a loss because you lost everything, dummy. <laughs> you don't have it anyway. Except Paul had already made that choice. Paul lost everything far before he was put in prison. He brutalized his reputation with the people who thought most highly of him, right? 
he lived a nomadic life where he did not get to enjoy the, the comforts and the nuances of a, of a regular home or even of the fellowship of his family. He chose not to be married and enjoy the, the life of marriage and a family creation, but instead gave everything, his mind, his body, his heart to the Lord, to know Christ. And he said now, because he'd already said it so long before when he's in prison, I am full of joy because I have everlasting, immeasurable value in knowing Jesus. I want to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, not having a house of my own, but the house that he built, the family that he built, the righteousness that he gave. Jesus says this in Matthew 6, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, there is a place we can build up treasure that will not be destroyed. He says in Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, as if you didn't hear it well enough the first time, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and he bought it. A field's not a bad thing. A collection of pearls is not a bad thing. I'm not telling you just, and this is, the, this is the trick. This is why it's so hard for us. I'm not telling you, I'm not telling me, Jed, just pay attention to the sin in your life and cut it out. You need to hear that. Pay attention to the sin in your life and cut it out. Be ruthless with your sin. But also, pay attention to the trash and the garbage that you love. That's value is only good for today but tomorrow will disappear just like you and I. And instead, invest your time, your effort, your energy into the kingdom of heaven. I think we don't like this gospel in part for a really justifiable reason, right? The prodigal son, he goes around, he, he, he leaves his family of origin, where he has all that he could ever need, love and fellowship and faithfulness and a lamb that he could cook for a party at his first ask. And he goes across the lake to the region of Damascus, right, or the Decapolis, sorry. And he starts eating the food the pigs eat and participating in that lifestyle. And so he left something good for something worse. Most of us have been born in the Decapolis, and I think the reason it's so hard for us to choose the kingdom of God, to choose knowing Christ as opposed to the trash that we so deeply love, is simply this. We haven't seen, we haven't been awakened to the beauty and the goodness of God. We aren't awakened, if you will, to the joy to the peace, to the hope of loving God and sharing in His life. 
And this is why we can't blame those in the world. This is why we don't go and judge those in the world who love these things. This is why we go and instead offer our sympathy because we don't see them, right, as just being foolish and just being arrogant and just being irresponsible. We see a people who are blinded to the very best thing, right? It's like, Jed, yeah, sure, you could drive a crappy car, but you could also have this great one because your Father in Heaven has everything that He ever needs, right? Are you driving that 2003 caravan? It's a great car. It's sensible for someone who has never known something good to love something bad. I'll say it again. It's sensible for someone who has never known something good to love something bad. Does that make sense? Have you seen what is good? The thing that will transform the world, I believe, this considering the world trash to knowing the goodness of God, is built around first our recognition internally, internalized and put into practice of the beauty and the goodness and the glory and the love of God. And if you want to live a life that is like Christ and you want to live a life that is impactful, you want to live a life that showcases what goodness there is in God, consider the things of the world trash. The church, us, me, Jedediah, needs to put aside the things that I love and instead love the one who's worth loving. Eric brought this phrase up a a couple weeks ago. He called it holy indifference. Holy indifference. There's a thing called indifference. It's actually not good when you just don't care, right? Don't care, don't care, don't care. Indifferent to everything, right? God is not indifferent at all. He cares deeply, and in the same way he wants us to care deeply. But God doesn't care about things, right, that we care about, like money, like Sean mentioned before. He doesn't need our money, right? He doesn't need us to worry about food. He'll send manna every day. And so we need to learn and to practice a holy indifference, and we need to begin to identify not just our sin. What do I love that is not the most beautiful thing? It's like a man or a woman who's married to a beautiful, beautiful, righteous spouse, and yet every day sits on their phone looking at other women, other men, right? Why choose the thing? Why choose the thing that takes your time away from what is good? No longer care. No longer care. I wanted to share some examples. I'll share a couple of them. I think uh, since we're doing love, uh, familiar with the five love languages, yeah, some of us are gift givers, right? Some of us are gift givers. So maybe a trashy way to give gifts, right, (laughs) during Christmas, if I can use that language, uh, is to look at somebody and just kind of throw toys at them, right? This little kid needs toys, 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 toys. Uh, Instead, maybe a kingdom way to give giving or to practice giving is to bring the child along with you, find an actual need, and teach the child how to be generous themselves. Maybe. I don't know. 
probably a bad example. Some of us are words of affirmation people, right? A garbage type of, of storehouse in my heart is needing you to shower praise on me, right? Looking for affirmation from the world. Maybe instead of practicing flattery and the sort, as you store up treasures in the kingdom of heaven, say something sincere, say something true to another, or ask another, hey, how do you actually experience me? Some of us are touch people, and I think we can store up in many ways that we can imagine all kinds of unhealthy storehouses of, of touch, of physical touch. For some of us, this is sexual. For some of us, this is violence, right? For some of us, this is hunting. I love Gaston in the Beauty and the Beast story, and he just needs to kill something, right? Some of us feel that way, right? What is a healthy way to practice touch, to come alongside someone shoulder to shoulder who is in need? To be like Christ who practices presence and embodiment with those who are weak and who are lowly and who don't have fellowship. Quality time. Am I selfish with my time trying to store up all of my favorite life experiences? Or am I generous with my time being easily and quickly interrupted on behalf of another? Service. Do you need to be served or can you serve in the name of the Lord. If you've got a bulletin, I hope you have a bulletin. If you didn't grab one, feel free to raise your hand. But I've asked you a couple questions. I want to invest in the treasure that is Christ-likeness and the treasure that is knowing God. I don't want to wake up and immediately start turning towards all of the garbage that's so easy to turn to. And so I need to take note, and I want you to take note too. If you don't have a bulletin, feel free to raise your hand. I'm sure we can have a deacon or somebody, or I'll personally bring one around to you. Grab a pen, write it down in your phone. Take the next, we got 12 minutes before I'm going to dismiss you. Be honest. Be sincere. Don't hold back. How are you investing in garbage in your life? How are you investing in garbage in your life? How much of your time, how much of your talent, how much of your treasure, of your love, remember, this is what this is about. Are you just throwing away to things that's relevant value will be gone? And in the second portion, I want you to write down and pray into, be sincere, be thoughtful, be courageous here. What investments do I want to make into eternal heavenly treasure? Can you practice this for me for a little while? I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to have that for the next 10 minutes, uh, just some time. We'll fiddle around some music so you don't feel so, uh, so awkward. <laughs> the band can come up. Be sincere. Be courageous. What is the garbage that you love, and how can you invest your love, your heart, your time, your talent, your treasure, whatever it is, into the kingdom, into knowing God. Father, would you, by your Holy Spirit, convict us, reveal to us your beauty, your goodness. Reveal to us how dim the things of this world are compared to the treasure of knowing you, Jesus Christ. Give us a glimpse into your eyes of fire.
Give us a glimpse into that word that comes from your mouth that cuts like a sword. God, let us see the fullness of your goodness. And Lord, would you fill us with a healthy shame for the way that we've loved garbage. Refine our hearts, God. Refine our minds, God. That we might consider those things loss. That we might gain you instead. That we might gain your righteousness, your life, and even all of your sufferings. So that we can share an eternity with you.